You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Enjoy the show. Podcast. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host. Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the JRE Review. Uh, As always, you know, uh, comments, reach out, say hi at um, the Rogan Experience Review at gmail.com. Follow us on our Instagram if you want to look us up. That's a good place to message us too. Uh, today, joined by Garrett. How you doing, bud? What's up, man? Yep, yep. And we are covering the Bill Burr episode and then the Mariana Van Zella episode. And and it's cool that she's on because uh, she, as they talk about at the beginning of the, that episode with with her, um, she was one of like the first really legit guests that rogan had on his podcast way back in the day i was about I to remember, say uh, that episode too their dynamic was like just fun to watch them go back and forth i was like that was definitely a good good show yeah they seem like good friends right they seem like good friends for sure um and it's cool to see that like she's come so far you know she's still working she's still um kind of exposing this type of shit that's going on i guess we'll get into that one so she's a boots on the ground journalist like she's in the thick of it right and doing doing really good journalism that i don't think really even happens anymore i think it's all clickbait and bullshit yeah i completely agree (laughs) she's definitely ballsy as fuck though right some of the stuff that she gets um tangled into seems really dangerous i mean i it wouldn't be my cup of tea Right, I felt I think it'd be extremely interesting, especially being on the inside of some of those things she was talking about. But I can see it being pretty nerve wracking at the same time as well. Yeah, yeah, that the drug trafficking stuff seems like the craziest, like definitely the scariest um, part of. I guess the gun running stuff she looked at too would be like that. But but um, you know, if these if these guys get on to what she's up to. Right. Or like the level of exposure. I mean, you would imagine they just kill them right away. Without, it's not like they're in America with most of no, them. No, no, not even a chance. They're coming right after you, and well, probably your family first, and then you if you don't if you don't come come clean yourself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I do like that they both kind of point out that like being born in America, or I guess for me, eventually coming to America, uh, it's like winning the lottery in a way. Like yeah. the. Do you feel Geography, that way? Do you feel that way? Of birth. I think so. I mean, you know, I was born in England, so that's not exactly a third world country. Right. It's it's very lucky. You know, I I lived in Sri Lanka and I've been to some pretty poor countries and that, I mean Is that what is that the way it's fucking, supposed to not to go, segue, but I I've had this conversation with my aunt and some other people about it. It's like this whole immigration talk to think that I mean, I get it. We're lucky and whatnot, but it's like I don't know, man. I just struggle with it. Like, we've had conversations about the immigration situation. I guess it can't just be like open the doors, but at the same time, it's like, how did we just decide to make doors and make walls and make stuff and just call ourselves lucky? Yeah. Well, (laughs) let me tell you this from personal experience, it's 
very difficult. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not like um expressing my my opinion either way on like how I think it should be. I really don't know. Right. But it was hard. Like they deny forms, they make you take forever, it right. costs thousands of dollars, even doing everything the right way. Right. Uh, that's I, what my aunt would I say. I really too. do feel that's what she'd say. She'd be like, There's a right way to do it and I'm like, Yeah, but uh, it's thousands of dollars and these people don't have the resources and then you start putting them in these situations where it's like What's it going to take to get to America? And that's when people start doing shit they normally wouldn't do, I imagine. Well, they certainly don't make it easy. And they don't let you work for a long time either, which is which is like a weird one. So you got to kind of be supported by, you know, if you get married and come in that way, you've got to kind of be supported by that person you married. Now, you know, maybe that works better if you're a woman marrying a guy that's supporting you, but but women aren't too excited about supporting a dude. Right. So it you know it kind of does put them in a situation where they like forced to like work illegally or under the table or exactly. and I mean stuff like that happens it, but it's it's definitely not easy right. and it, especially for people that don't like if English is not your first language right and you don't speak it all that well I mean those forms are not super simple to follow <laughs> and understand right um yeah so anyway not easy and and being here I mean, it, there's a reason people want to immigrate to the U.S. Clearly. I mean, at least before COVID, there's a fucking <laughs> lot of opportunity. Right. <laughs> a lot going on, a lot of jobs. They're probably all fleeing now, but... Yeah. For a while. For a while. I wonder what the immigration, like, the immigrant numbers in L.A. are. They've, that's got to be, like, the highest in the oh, country. Oh, completely exorbitant. Percentage-wise? Uh, I mean, here in Arizona, I imagine, but uh, just because of the proximity to Mexico, but... Yeah, I would say I've I've watched some like documentaries on L.A. and the situation. This guy, can't remember what I was watching, but he was in Tijuana and he would lit- he's literally been caught like six seven times, and they would send him back. But he's like, it's worth it, so I can go there and make however much money I can make and send it back to my family because their their stuff in Tijuana is so meager. It's like it's worth the risk. Like that's the thing. At the end of the day, it's worth the risk. So I don't know what the right answer to that question is or. The right rent yeah, the money rent. definitely goes a long way. Yeah, so it's like it's worth, it's worth doing. But it, it highlights everything Mariana is talking about in the podcast too, because she's saying, "Look, why we do this is so you can see that these are regular people. Right. You know, right. it's not a movie where they just have like sinister mustaches and AKs and they're just all bad guys. Like there's farmers, there's regular people. They're just trying to live right. and do their thing." What are your thoughts? Do you think that they should... I mean, I think they were talking about a bit of, like, prohibition and the war on drugs and stuff that they mentioned that. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they should legalize everything? Or do you you think... What what do you... Well, think of what the cartels are doing to families. Right. You know? I mean, and the government. They, like, destabilize the Mexican government. Right. She talked about how they released that one, like, drug guy. Because they surrounded the families of all like the politicians and the police. Oh, yeah, I think that was El Chapo's son or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. So it's like, look, you can't have that much power. They can't be terrorizing on these right. people. They can't make and even the government defenseless. That just puts that and, that puts the like the responsibility on each and every individual to choose their own path and to choose their own thing. It's not like anybody's forcing heroin down your mouth, but if you want to do it. It's available for you, and you just completely suck all the energy right out of that whole fucking dynamic. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of is like so. We spend billions of dollars on the war on drugs. She even said like it's a total waste of money. Complete. Like it's the, all the drugs are getting in, and it's all wasted anyway. And we can't. What did they say? There was like four um, Coast Guard boats right. that that have to patrol an area the size of the U.S. Yeah, it's like, well, this isn't working. Not a chance. And they and they their their job is to come up with reasons how to get past that. Like. That's their whole job, and then you figure you're paying these Coast Guards sixty grand. It's not like they're out there fucking. I mean, whatever. Maybe they are being great. <laughs> Maybe they are trying to like be heroes. But yeah, but I don't know. Talk about fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I mean, just... we're gonna see it in Portland, right? Portland are doing kind of what what Portugal did, I guess. Was it Portugal? She was saying kind of legalized everything, right? I mean, that de- as soon as you do that, you can get tax revenue. Yeah. You can you can develop better strategies for rehabilitation for people with really bad drug problems. You can purify the drugs if you're making it. So right. then, you know, it's like, okay, well, they're still doing heroin, but at least it's not laced with 40% fentanyl or something that would kill them. And then it takes all the power away from the cartels down there that are, not you to, know, yeah. not doing good stuff. Now, they're still going to make it for other countries. Right. It just won't be the U.S. It won't be like the primary buyer. Right. Which will probably take a lot of their money away and power, Without and maybe the government can can like control it. I don't know. At least like, at it le- seems a, almost too simplistic. A, a, but a very, it seems to make sense. At, at very least, this is what I've always thought. Like, just try it for a, like say set amount of time. We're gonna do it for eighteen months, and we'll reevaluate. And if fucking we got nine million more drug drug addicts, then that's shitty. But that's the that's the cost of doing business. But we will go back to the way we had it. But I feel like if we establish that, we would definitely see the upside for it not being the way it is right now. We're probably moving in that direction. Right. You know, more and more states are legalizing weed. And then with Portland doing this, who knows? I mean, it might just expand to other states, probably the really liberal ones. And then if, if we see it work, then... Who knows? Right. It's so interesting how, I mean, even given this COVID situation, it's like how much power the federal government has and how much power the state government has and where they draw the lines on who has what. It definitely is highlighting that through this whole thing. Right? It's like it seems like the states have a lot more power than That's I realize. That's what I'm saying. Like being in Florida, it's like a completely different country. Like it's like you're somewhere else. It was like everybody was just that, <laughs> It always was. I mean, yeah, that's true too. But it's like it's that's – I mean it's just insane to say that – I always like the phrase, it's like the government works for us. We don't work for them. And that seems like that's completely reversed here in fucking California. Like, Mm. I mean. It's how it feels. It's definitely how it feels. I'm in in no rush to go back for any reason. Right. Like, I, I was trying to think the other day, like, what kind of job or opportunity could somebody offer me that would make me want to go back? And I, I would have to really examine that to even consider it. Makes because sense. I'm like, uh, I feel like, I feel like they've done this once. They're gonna do this <laughs> shit again. Yeah, I, I don't know the quality of life out here. I mean, I, not to, I've just lived in shitty weather, and not that weather should def- necessarily dictate where you live, but I, it ha- for me it has a lot to do with it. I mean, the jobs will be there, but I hear what you're saying. I, as far as how I'm spending my time, I'd like it to be productive and moving in the f- right direction. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you can also have not enough of that weather, but it's nice to it's nice to dip into some different seasons for a bit. Yeah, and then, I don't know. You kind of appreciate everything a little more that way. 
Yeah, that's, that's we'll see. That's what I hear people say that where it's cold. <laughs> right, but, yeah, I but, know, right. It's not, so true. You're not wrong, but I, I see. I, my, I remember my aunt when I was staying in Washington. She'd be like, "Yeah, but the three weeks in August," and I'm just like, "You guys wait a whole year for, for three weeks in August." So yeah, it is fucking perfect weather. That is <laughs> true. Right? That is true. But, hey, did you see the video they were talking about the mountain lion one? Like the mountain lion chasing that kid. Uh, I don't know. I might have missed that. Re- re- bring me back. Yeah, so uh, I don't know how it came up, but like um, uh, Mariana and Joe were talking about this video that's on YouTube where it's straight up a mountain lion, like chasing a kid. It's just mostly walking, but like every now and again, it will like attack pretty viciously. Wow. And this guy films it for like five, six minutes. I thought I actually sent it to you on Instagram. Like they had a thing on that. Maybe not, but. Dude, it's it's fucking terrifying. Yikes. And the kid handles it pretty good. Like you can tell he's scared, but like he he holds his shit together <laughs> for sure. Nice. Really though, and you and it is one of those things. It's like you do forget that these fucking things do exist well, around us. I mean, they're in the hills in Hollywood. I was going to say they're here in California so from what I hear, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 they're up there, man. Oh, I mean, there's some iconic pictures of, of one walking around the Hollywood yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, they, I, I think they have most of them tracked, so they can, like, track where they're at. But, gotcha. I've seen that picture for sure. Um, yeah, and they and I guess when there's problems, they do send people in to go shoot them. But Joe, Joe was saying that you can't hunt them in California. So other places you can. California, you can't, but they still do kill them. Yeah. So that's kind of silly but i i don't know i guess you don't want hunters running around the hollywood hills right bunch of kids doing mushrooms walking in their way probably a bad idea for sure i can i i just want to tell mm. i want to tell a brief story i mean we'll come back to this but as far as like drug trafficking goes i, I this story just came up in my head about my mom's ex-boyfriend um he used to run just weed back and forth from tucson or from mexico to tucson all the time and he went to u of a and he right. he did it for like four or five years. He actually like double degreed. He is fairly smart guy. Did very well. I mean, very well in college, I should say. And then he notified the cartel that he was running for. He's like, "This is gonna be my last run. I'm graduating and such and such, or I had just graduated or something like that." And they're like, "Okay." So then he goes to do his run, and while he's sitting in the line across the border, has he's so many times, all these like little locals start pointing at his car, like calling him out, like he has drugs. So all the federalities come over to his car. Meanwhile, the the friggin' van with all the cocaine goes right through because they're all focused on him. And his last one is no shit. His last one is them calling him out face down. His two degrees meant nothing for the rest of his life. I mean, basically, given the the way people look at like felonies and stuff. I mean, he would spent like three or four years in jail, and then his degrees meant nothing, and he was now a construction worker. He's a good construction worker, that said, but. All that time spent to tell somebody that's your last run, and then for that to happen, I don't know why I just thought of that story, but pretty interesting how that all panned out. <laughs> so, so he told them he was out, and then they they He's, just he, got him arrested. He goes, "This is going to be my last run." So they were like, "We'll just use this white boy and let the the other cocaine go through the thing because all the federalities will be focused on him because he's like doing his thing, you know? Like he's getting called out. Yeah, it's not the sort of job you want to put your two weeks in. <laughs> not so much. You should just disappear after the fact and be like, I'm done. I'm not. I mean, what was he... Like, not to make light of it, and I, we shouldn't joke about it because that sucks, but 
you know, at the same time, I mean, what was he worried about getting a reference from them in the future? Or? I mean, it, that that business never ends well. I mean, I was in it for a while. I'm very fortunate to be out of it at this point, but throughout college, I was involved with that fairly heavily as well. So it was nice to. I just remember knowing how much I had to lose at the end of the day, and it just at, once I got my degree, I was like, all right, I'm I'm good on that. I, I felt fortunate that I was able to do what I was able to do, and then move along. But it's a it's definitely a fucking dangerous business, <laughs> man. When you're dealing with those people, um, when I was in Nashville before I moved here, just on my travels, uh, a dude that I knew there told me some stories of when he lived in Florida. I guess he was like running coke around or something. And uh, one day, and he wasn't even making a lot of money. It was like just so he would always have some and he'd make a bit, you know, right. but mostly it was like it was fun and he would meet cool people and just partying. He's young, you know, he's like in his early 20s, I guess. Right. And um, one day uh, they just took this guy that he knew out on a boat and that guy died. Right. So the next day he was just out like he didn't mess around he didn't hang out to find out what happened he just like got all his shit and left the state immediately right and smart you know you hear that it's like that that in a sense is like his smart move you know he was able to just identify how dangerous it was and fucking get out of there yeah uh yeah (laughs) i had a life lesson like that as well i mean not nobody died but i had a real notification from the universe that it was time to close it down so I just remember it was it was it was the due time, so I was like, "All right, wash my hands, thankful for what I got, and I, I'm moving along." Yeah, you got to pay attention to that, and you know, I kind of wonder, like in this economy, how many people have been kind of driven into that oh, type of work. Now that we're talking about it, you got to think if, if if you're not allowing people to work and people have a little bit of money, they're going to see that as an opportunity to get. That makes total sense. I haven't really explored that thought but that makes yeah like you're getting you're getting unemployment and if you start working you don't get to claim your unemployment right and then with your money you're like investing it into something i mean who knows maybe we shouldn't be saying this because people are listening (laughs) and they're like that's a great idea don't do this don't (laughs) Don't, listen but i'm just assuming people have already done right and and i'm and it's probably people on the other side of that too that have probably developed bad habits throughout this process that just now that I, who knows I, I hope i hope that doesn't happen but that's just it's probably the inevitability it's gonna like too it's, much it's probably it's you know it definitely is what did you think about the gun running stuff like all the the guns in la i mean it makes sense but you just don't think of that happening no. like cartels like loading up cars and i mean this shit's probably happening just like 10 miles away from where you As are we speak maybe not even guaranteed guaranteed yeah, I don't know. That's and then there was that story where um, they were buying the guns back from the LAPD. Yeah, I mean, you just—it's so weird to think that there's so much corruption happening even now. It obviously is right in front. But of you faces. think about yeah. like, yeah, you think about cops and whatever. And it's like, like, oh, well, that was in the past. They would all this no. corruption was happening. But then a documentary comes out that like 2015. Right. This just went down, and you're like, "Fuck!" I think that's just that how was the human brain wants last to, week. That's how the human brain wants to work. It always wants to think that things are like in the past, or they never. I mean, yes and no, but it's. It, I mean, now is giving us more perspective on that more than ever. But it seems like we are living. I mean, we've always thought we were living in corruption, but out here right now, like there's. I, <laughs> there, I was 
just watching this thing about like gyms being fined. Like I don't know if you remember Double Ops. Like that dude's being fined like crazy amounts. Shout out to Chris, um, just for stupid like for trying to pe- do people's health. But then Target and Walmart and all these other fucking places are open. It's like where is the logic here? Like where is the logic that I, I I I'm dumbfounded by it. So there's obviously somebody's getting some money somewhere along the way. There makes no other sense to do the way they're doing it here. That's the only way to. I mean. Yeah, I mean. That's in a sense, it's like for like there's a bar here that I went to last night because they're all closing in Bozeman at like all the breweries close at eight. Right. All the restaurants, I think, close at nine and then any other bar has to close at ten. Right. And you got to think ten o'clock. It's like, dude, you fucking get off work. You know, well, here, could be tell me the logic and go home, too. change, get some food. Go on. What's the logic? Like, where's the logic in the times? Like, what, what what's what's because. I asked them, right? I asked the bar, and they were like, well, basically what it is is anything up until 10 can be considered um, food, or uh, an essential business, gotcha. right? An essential use. Like, you need to do it in order to survive. Anything after 10 is classified as a social event, and they're trying to close social events. So there's this one bar up here called Our Bar, and it just is staying open and paying the fines. It's like, fuck it, we don't care. <laughs> I mean, people wear masks inside, and, they, you know, they even do, like, the right social distancing. Like, when we, I got to the bar, they were like, okay, don't sit here, sit over here. And, like, two of the pool tables were closed, which, when you're looking at that, that's kind of unnecessary. Oh it's like, well, you're not going to get it. But, you know, th- th- so they're still in their own way following right. the protocol, like, certain rules. Right. But every day, I guess they're just taking the fine. We went to it. We I don't know if they're not paying it or I, how they're I doubt doing they're that. But they're not paying it because I saw this other gym. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but I saw this other gym that says. I remember what he says. He said free people don't ask for permission, and ever since he said that, that's just like resonated in my head like so much. And and I don't mean that to like ever hurt anybody, but free people don't ask for permission. That's the that's the difference. It's like. If this whole nation was built on freedom, then we just want to earn a living. That should be respected, like, period. Like, period. I don't know. You have your every right to make your own decisions for your own life. That is completely, completely understandable. But to dictate those decisions on everybody else, it, the logic is out the window for me. And I was just at Costco. Hey, was at Costco fucking three days ago. And you'd think they were having like a like a EDC concert in there. There's so many people in there. It's insane. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, especially when people's mental health. That's the big question that I'm waiting for. Like, how badly has this affected people's mental health? What are the suicide numbers? What are suicide numbers directly related to COVID? I heard a story the other day of some teenager that wrote committed suicide, left a note, and just said, "I can't live in a world with this COVID shit." Jesus. Like, they'd suck. Like, hey, you could have had a lot of other problems, and that's awful, and I hate to hear that shit, but imagine if it was just directly related. Right. You know, straight-line stuff. Like, he just doesn't see a future or any hope and faith. I mean, it's making a generation of those people, potentially, that are like, wait, when the hell are we going to get locked down again? What's the point of, like, being in this society? Like, we pay for government. And taxes, all the rest of it. And look, I'm too stupid to have this opinion. But this is how I see it. Like, you pay it all, so you have the roads and whatever you have, the opportunity for jobs. And, you know, that's why we don't live in the woods. Right. <laughs> you got society there. Right. But but now it's like, oh, wait a minute. You can't do anything. You can't even work. Right. You want us um, to stay they don't inside. give it a lot of people money. Right. 
so <sighs> terrifying. Yeah. Ter- I, terrifying I, stuff. It's it's I, my my little brother had one of his kids in lessons, like he, he's a baseball coach, and one of the kids uh, I can't. He's pretty young. I want to say like four or five, but he hasn't even got to go to four or five or six. I don't know what kindergarten is, but he hasn't even got to go to school yet. Like to school yet. Period. <laughs> You're like, dude, how much? Oh, ever, ever, like never. He hasn't gotten, never he hasn't gotten able to go to school at all. Like. Jesus. It's like, what are we, do- I mean, at what cost, at what cost are we doing this? And at, and who are we saving is my question. I hate to sound. Yeah. Well, they're saying they're saving someone, but, but exactly at what cost? At what cost is that happening? And, and is it justified? And are they going to fucking do this every time anything happens? Right. Is this the- like, how long will it be before they, de- they deem a flu? And remember, there used to be, like, there's a flu every year, different ones. Right. You've got to take your vaccine if, if you take it. Now they're going to be like, oh, well, this flu is is way worse right. than it has been. So we're going to do all the same lockdown protocols and be like, wait a minute. We never used to do this shit. Right. Like this can't be the new norm every time. I just want to know who's getting paid because somebody's getting paid. I hate to say that, but that's how it feels because it seems <laughs> somebody is getting paid. Somebody- Talk about people getting paid. What about at the end of the podcast? They were talking about the scammers. Oh, and, you know, when we're talking about how desperate people get and afraid. Right. Right. You know, they gave that story of of, uh, one of Mariana's friends who's a smart guy. And because it's not just like you just think like, oh, idiots get scammed. But to be fair, like that's not the case. These guys are good, sneaky. And they they called him up about his electric bill. And they were like, he's busy. He's got kids. There's a lot going on. They're like, look, you got to send us four hundred dollars. Well, you know, you got COVID worry about you got your kids at home. Like you're already kind of stressed to the fucking gills. And now, you know, these scammers are, like, in full force. Like, they're probably doing more damage now because people are so unsure about what's going on where. All the fake, all the fake news. Yeah, I know that. I mean, not to interrupt, I know that firsthand. I know we wanted to touch on that a little bit. But, yeah, I've I've been there. But I'll let you finish. Yeah, no, just that. And and I know you had a story about it. Yeah, I mean. wanted to see if you wanted to share. Fortunately, I wasn't up against the complete wall. And I wasn't. I didn't have kids at home and didn't have those things that you just mentioned. But, I mean, still my finances aren't exorbitant by any stretch. I mean, I live within my means either way. Um, I had one of those situations firsthand is that I went. I was literally just trying to fix my headphones through Apple. And I called the wrong Usually, if you look on Google for anybody that's thinking about doing this or has done this, go past the first four. They're usually ads, and I found out the hard way that if you call one of those ads, they can go down the long track of bad news. Because I, I had a guy that acted like he worked for Apple, and he was impersonating an Apple guy that that sounded like, and this with all due respect to Indian guys, it sounded like he was in India, like working there. Because I know that's where they have some of their plants. And he took me down a road with buying these gift cards to try and to try and uh, get my headphones fixed. He kept saying that I was going to get discount on my bill. It was giving me incentives. I broke it all down for you. But at the end of the day, I was virtually just like brainwashed. And I was I'm normally a fairly street smart guy. But I thought that I knew like, I don't know. I feel like I've always just been okay with people and I could hear it in their voice. And he definitely I by the end of the conversation, I was. Well, a couple grand in debt to this guy, and he had already taken all the gift cards from me. I've given him the numbers, and then at the very end, I was like, "Man, something doesn't seem right about this." I was like, "Is this a scam?" And he's like, 
he like took pride in it. That's what made me so bitter. But he, I was like, man, what, what if I was that? I literally said that to him. I was like, man, just so you know, I was like, if this, I was like, how'd you get to this point? First of all, I like started talking to this scammer, like, and he like was kind of silent for a minute. And I was like, with all due respect, man, I was like, I feel sorry for you that you could even do this to somebody, but. I don't know his family situation where he's at, and you, you start wondering. It's like you put people up against walls. They're willing to do anything. Not that I justify that behavior whatsoever, because what if it was a single mom that was being scammed just like me? She would have taken a much harder hit than I did. I mean, I could. Yeah, like, and fuck them. You can't look. They're people too. I get it, right. but you can't. They're straight up scammers. Right. They know yeah, it. They know. Like that's just fucked up. Some dirt plays. And if you live, in, yeah, I mean, it's. It, it's awful. I feel that's that, what I said to him. I was like, "Man, I sucks. feel bad for you because you can't sleep well on that." You, I guess if you're a sociopath, but I, I don't know, man. That is, it's just a, Dude, they get used to it. Yeah, it's like anything. It's a job. Then right. they don't. They don't even feel it. That's what he. He's that's probably what he said. Reading he the said, paper the whole time. He said that to me on the call. He goes, "You'll make it back," and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm glad. That's so brutal. I had no, I had, so no I had no form of recourse. I was like, if I ever saw you, bro. But well, that's that's a that's a warning to everyone out there. Yeah. Like, be careful. These scammers exist. Right. You think you might know what it is, but anytime someone tries to get you to pay for anything, yeah. just pay attention. Think about and it. Yeah. Be really suspicious of it. Without a doubt. You know, I mean. They, you might just think it's those silly emails that go right to spam, but sometimes you can walk right into a trap yeah. that you think should be normal. But like you said, you just called the wrong number. I mean, That's exactly you right. were going to trust it, right. and then you're like, ah, fuck, just got screwed up. I don't know what made me... I don't know All right, let's jump uh, Let's uh, jump into the Bill Burr yeah. episode. I love it. I love having Bill on. I, we often don't do the comedy ones, yeah. but... I'm such a fan of Bill. Oh, he's the best. And, and I wanted to get a real feel for because I knew they were going to talk about um, kind of what's opening and where comedy is. Right. And I, as a comedy fan and someone that used to do stand-up, I like, I want to know, you know, where where it, it's open and it, it kind of is, I don't know how to say it, but I think once, once you know comedy is fully open and the clubs are opened, then you can have some faith that a lot of other things are going to come back to normal. Yeah, I got to imagine those are the things that are... It's so weird that the restaurant, I mean, the mental health stuff is the stuff that's taking a backseat, but, um, yeah, it's, once comedy's back, I imagine that would be, everything would mean that it would be back in full force, just given the way that everything's set up as far as seating and Yeah, and then it's interesting to hear their journey, too, like, some of them are going, like, they told the story of Joey Diaz, like, going to the dingiest little open mics just to kind of get back right. to his roots. I love that. And, like, scare himself back in, because, you know, he can't tour in the same way. Right. And they, these guys were all getting so big, because a lot of it really does come from Rogan and, the, and sure. Rogan's podcast, making all these comedians famous, so everyone knows to go see him. Absolutely. But, you know, once, once you're a Joey Diaz fan and you go see, I mean, you're waiting to laugh. Right. You know he's funny. Right. But I mean, if you if if he's just going to these like little open mics because he's trying to find anywhere close to his house to perform, maybe some people there don't know him. Right. And and it's it takes a minute. I remember the very first time I saw Joey Diaz, he gets so worked up and so like heated in his points, and he says the most outrageous shit you've ever heard of in your life. I mean, he's absolutely brilliant as a stand-up. Yeah, I want to see him. Live. But it takes a minute for you to be like, wait a minute. 
what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and he, he's he got to, like, win the crowd fresh, you know? Yeah. I mean, it makes them strong. Sharpen the sword. And that's a cool metaphor for life, right? Yeah. It's like things are going kind of maybe easy, you know? Like, everything's working well. And then you just go back to your roots, and you're like, right, I'm going to do this from the ground up again. Just to make sure I still got it. Right. Make sure I, I'm, I'm strong enough to... That's a definitely, it's definitely a life metaphor. I think that we should do that on the daily. I mean, I, obviously, given an art like comedy or any kind of art form, you got to stay sharp on your game. But I think if you hold yourself accountable to that on the daily with some certain non-negotiables as well, that's probably an effective habit to have the best life possible, I imagine. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, in the meantime, Bill was talking about, well, what does he do with his time? He's been watching a bunch of old movies, like old shitty horror movies and... And I, I I find myself doing the same thing. Like, I've definitely watched more TV during this year. And I don't watch a lot, almost ever, but a lot of movies and a lot of TV this year that I never did before. Yeah. And and it, it really highlights the importance of, like, that, the importance of that type of escapism. Yeah. It's like, we need things to, we need entertainment right now more than ever. Yeah, I mean. And it barely exists. I, <laughs> I, f- I feel that way too. But the more and more this stuff unfolds, I feel like we need to like bond together as a human people and, and have an uprising. Like there was something in, in <laughs> like there's, I, I don't know how you do it. I've been like I've literally researched revolution like multiple times and tried to figure out like what are some th- certain things you can do personally is other than like developing your own friggin' militia, but. Some of the things that are going on here. Dude, man. ever ever since that day where you went to the basketball ring, your Dude, whole perspective yeah, on this flipped. That really pissed you yeah, off, didn't it? I, I, there's an, I can't, it's like a fire burning in me, too. Like It's like, I, it always comes down to at what cost is my thought process. At what cost are we doing this? And you, yeah, and I, I mean, they talk about it, right? And who's over there evaluating those things? There's nobody, there's no Fauci that's evaluating mental health or these other things that are actual things that are going on as well it's like i don't know i don't know how you evaluate that in the first place but it seems like taking away these simple freedoms are really really starting to fuck with people i mean i this whole new normal bullshit like i just don't have time for that like i'm i've been living on this earth for almost 39 years now and i i think there's a reason we live here in america so we like can exercise some certain freedoms like making an income and it's like when you start taking that shit away i don't know what you're doing well what i think what's going to happen that's that is really scary is is it'll get to a point where people you know just regular people are starting to know a few homeless people and not like you meet them they're like people you knew before that weren't homeless right and then you're going to start to realize you know as more and more people flood the streets during the pandemic it's like wow it's going to highlight that that is that is like a bad normal that's being created right. like people that are you know because you often think when the economy's good and things are going well it's like well if you're on the street you've got a mental health problem or a drug problem you know yeah. or maybe you've made just really bad choices right. but when you when it's maybe none of those things and you were just so close to the poverty line you lost everything and there's really no avenue out of it yeah it's like wow what what then you know i wonder how many i, I wonder mean, what the percentage of folks is that's in that category that you just mentioned i mean there, there's got to be a number for sure that's 
and that's just sad. I mean, yeah, I I think I think in some ways that's probably where like parts of the uprising will come from. Yeah, you know, because they'll be desperate to get out of that position, and all of them will be thinking this way. Right, and then they're gonna start trying to. I mean, in a way, they're banding together anyway. You see those massive tent communities being established in venice and around la it's like bigger than ever bigger than ever and there's dude they just filmed a friggin' movie i mean they're always filming shit down there in venice but they had a full film crew down there full film crew like all around the skate thing like and my one buddy was out there like yelling at them from like a distance actually like saying how is this okay like, you're locking everybody down. He's like, you let these actors get out here and do this. And I, I saw his point, and I, I mean, I just want anybody to be able to work. You know what I mean? So it's, like, hard for me to say anything to them. But the cops were backing them. Like, they had them all, like, blocked off. And you're like, how are all these people not working in all these small businesses all around here? But yet there's this big fucking movie production going on right here. Like, I don't, I just don't get the, the where are we at? And when people see that, yeah. when people see that, just like him, the way he was reacting, like just yelling, and I'm like, I feel for him. Like I was just right there with him. You know what I mean? Like I, I was. It's like I can't hate. It's like I totally understand. So, where, where? Well, it's probably a good time to shoot a bunch of those like desolate city zombie movies. <laughs> Nobody's anywhere. <laughs> well, you'd think that, but not down in Venice, bro. You wouldn't even know that shit's going on. Whenever it's like, whenever it's nice weather out, that boardwalk is just as packed as it ever is. Yeah, I mean it really is. Are they not coming down on people for that? No, that? I, no, and that's the thing. not that I know of. I mean, I'm down there with a bandana around my neck. It's like, how do you how do you enforce to like pull it up over your nose or down your mouth? It's like who it, they don't have. There's no training for something like that. There's no like. There's no way to like. It's just if you want to be an asshole, you can write somebody a ticket. Basically, it seems like. I guess I don't know. I yeah. personally don't know anybody that's gotten a ticket for not having a mask personally, but. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy now. Anytime you go anywhere, I'm sure you guys have the same thing too. It's like if I walk out the door and I'm like, "Shit, I forgot my mask." It's like, "All right, I got to come back in." No, I mean, I don't know. To people, sensitive people out there about this, I'm sorry, but it's like it's a weird time. So, I don't know. Hey, what did what did you think about? Uh, and I don't know if this part. How are you watching uh, the these new? Uh, Rogan's. Are you using Spotify yet? I know last week you said you were watching them YouTube. Uh, I was on YouTube. I don't. I haven't re- gone back on YouTube because I heard him say that this is going to be the last or make some mention of that. So I downloaded Spotify, the free one. Seems to have a little lag. Yeah, it seems to have a little bit of like a lag, and it like pauses from time to time. But overall, it's does the trick. Did it run that? boxing commercial in the middle of the episode the bill burr one for you uh i don't think so it just stopped and it like cut it not even at any place where oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. in the middle of them talking and it wasn't rogan saying it and they were just talking about fucking some boxing and and that was the end of the podcast wasn't it no, no, no! It was the middle. Oh, was they it? just went back to talking, okay. and it was just such a weird transition. I was like, "What?" That the might hell have been where I could just happen. How long did they talk for? Because I only saw like an hour and some minutes, just because I saw that thing come up, and I was like, "Well, I guess that's the end of the cast." Oh no, oh, no! Sorry, that was they. I think they only talked for like two hours. Gotcha. So it was a fairly short podcast, just, but yeah, it was just randomly in the middle. I wonder if we have to just get used to that. Well, I was just like, "Oh shit, because... I guess it's over." Or that just cut because I I didn't know to. Oh no, I no, no! To keep listening, you got to stay to the end. I think, it, but that's why I brought it up. I wonder yeah. if anyone else listening, yeah, like, I, let us know if you found that kind of 
One, if you thought that was the end, like let us know. And right. if you just thought it was kind of awkward, I I feel like they just spent a hundred million on this podcast. Yeah, put the commercials in in a place that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not like weird. At least like take an actual break. Yeah, I, and then have it play and come back so you know. Right. I'm on the I'm on what you just said on the other side. I literally thought it was over. I was like that. It was like I would say not dead middle, but it was like an hour and twenty, and then it was just like boom done. And I was like, what the hell? And I didn't. I've never seen it happen. I guess I hadn't seen a commercial on Spotify yet, so I didn't know what to expect. But um, yeah, I just saw that and was like, oh, I guess it's over. That was weird. Well, really, all they talked about afterwards, um, it, some things, but like bit of comedy and and just like having fun, get getting back into comedy. Joe is opening. I heard him talk a about club that. in Austin, right. you know, and I think he's going to open it with Burt Kreischer, maybe Tom Segura, um, probably Ari's Ari Shafir is going to be involved. Nice. But um, after that, they which would be great. I think that club would be amazing. I hope they do a great job. I can't wait to go visit and and check it out. I definitely will. Right. It it'll be the new comedy store, right. you know for sure. It'll be the new mecca of comedy. But he was talking about when he was eighteen, he took a year off school uh, to kind of f- focus on his um, taekwondo, try and get to the Olympics, and then also just try and figure out what he wants to do. And he remembers telling people what he was doing, and everyone just kind of responding in a way well certain people were responding like he's a loser and he felt like a loser and i think to myself he's fucking 18 right like how are you supposed to know what you want to do at 18 right and just the idea there's so much pressure like oh go back to school get all these student loans like thank god rogan didn't do that exactly and it and it really highlights an important point that a lot of people are going to have to go through because once things open up you might have to do jobs that you never expected doing before ones that maybe don't have a lot of prestige and you just got to grind and get on with it. And it's like a lot of things, right? They say that one saying comparison is the thief of joy, right? right? So, and, and judgment from others. Cause they always say like people like Gary V and those motivators on YouTube, they're always like, don't give a fuck about what people think. Now that's way easier to say than to do, but it's a very important thing. It's like, take the time, find your path, don't worry about like people will hate no matter people what, will no hate believe me read the reviews of this podcast people will right. hate don't give a fuck about it just do what you enjoy try and do it well and and like find your find what you want to do i couldn't agree more you know i yeah it's a it's a big lesson in there so so that was like a nice part of the ending and i think that it really resonates with any comedians because imagine how many people go into comedy or like when you tell someone you're going to become a stand-up and your family just looks at you like what the fuck are you thinking right. like there's no job in this well there is for some people I, I think that's and it seems like they they can all do well right. if you just stick at it and like trial by fire and just keep hitting and getting up and going and keep going and improving right. like you're gonna get better right people will pay to watch you mm-hmm. and you'll make other comedy friends and you know, it, it's amazing what you can be capable of if you fucking stick at something and go for it. Absolutely. I like to believe that our generation has kind of been, I mean, I guess it's all individual, but our generation may have ventured out a little bit more and more accepting of these alternative careers as opposed to lawyer, banker, accountant. Like, you know what I mean? I think so. And I think that is true. Like, people, you know, this is like the generation of entrepreneurs and people trying to start their own businesses. And really, I mean, you realize how stupid it is a lot of times working for somebody. Yeah. You're like, I could do this shit myself. Right. 
You just fucking hustle, and a few things will fail, I'm sure. And you just keep going. It's, it's all you it's, keep going. You'll get better at stuff, even if you suck at it at first. It's all then. learning at the end of the day. Even when you fail, you learn. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, that's that. That's it for this week. Um, anything you want to add before we uh, take off? Uh, just thank you guys for listening. And uh, if you want to give me a follow at G-L-O-V-E-O-N-E, I will connect with you guys. Appreciate you. Love it. All right. Thanks, guys. Tune in next week. Peace. Peace.